Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is. Now faith is. Awesome, eh? It's the theme of our coming series. And in the King James, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another version says it's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction and here of things not seen. Yeah, just wanted to follow on from those wonderful testimonies and um, baptisms we, we experienced last week and what a day that was. And, uh, and before that, our series Above and Beyond, looking at um, Matthew 5, I just felt that now faith is, is a great way to continue on from, from all of that, to build unshakable faith into each one of us. Amen? In this time, in these strange times, in this weird year. So now faith is is our theme for the next few weeks. So today I want to, you know, just build on those things um, about that God's doing in us and among us. I just want to really praise him for what he's doing in us and among us. And to give an introduction into the things that grow the kind of passionate faith we hear about in Hebrews 11, the famous chapter of faith. You know, God admires these past heroes of the faith so much that he sort of lumps them all into one chapter in a kind of faith hall of fame. So if you want to turn to the to your iPad or Bible or, or whatever device you've got there and turn to a Hebrews 11, let's read 1 to 6. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For by it men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what's seen was made out of the things which are visible. By faith... Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Interesting, eh? By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For, the, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, He was pleasing to God. And verse 6, And without faith, without it, it is impossible to please God, to please him. For he comes, he who comes to God must be believed that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Well, these Hebrews 11 men and women exhibit such amazing faith in God, that it's easy to sort of compare our lives with them and, and almost feel like wanting to give up at the very 
starting line of our faith journey when we compare it with these guys in Hebrews 11, these girls and guys. And um, sadly, you know, only recently, very recently, I heard of some young people who were deconstructing their faith. And I thought, wow, that's a big word, deconstructing. Faith is very easy to destroy. All you've got to do is do nothing. Stop reading your word. Stop listening to the, to the, to the worship. Listen to the world's stuff. Read social media. You know, just read the news, see the news, and, and don't, don't, don't go near God's word. That's all we have to do. Stop coming to church. Get out of fellowship. Faith slowly dies. But it takes a lot more to build faith. Amen? It takes far more to build something than to pull it down, to tear it down. If we go back to the chapter before, chapter 10, verse 37 and 38, let's just read that quickly. It says, it's a quote from Habakkuk from the Old Testament. Yet, for yet in a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You see, this is the foundation, the bit, the bit before Hebrews 11, was that the righteous are to live by faith. That's our calling, folks, and it's so much harder to build that and to keep going and to keep living by faith. And that means every day is an adventure and every day we're looking to him. And it's, it's, it's easy to just stop doing that and let faith slide. So I want to encourage you today that if you love Jesus and you're here, you're here this morning, and you're possibly doing better than you think you are right there, you're here you're listening to the Word of God. And if you love Jesus, I want to encourage you, keep going. If that's you, then you've already overcome doubt that he exists. That doubt in verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he exists and as a rewarder of those who seek him. So this is especially good news, I believe, for those maybe here this morning that are going through a wilderness place. Because I think we need to get this foundation right. It's good news for those who've just started out and they're following in Jesus' footsteps, but are facing opposition. If that's you, if you're just new, if you're just finding it's pretty tough, or if you're in a desert place, I want to encourage you to get the foundation right. What's the foundation? Jesus tells us in Mark eleven twenty two: have faith in God. Simple but powerful. Have faith in God. You see, we can have faith in humanity, we can have faith in faith, other people's faith. We can have faith in worship. We can have faith in, you know, our, our, our friends. But Jesus said, have 
faith in God. Awesome. Awesome teaching from Jesus. And I want to say that the first six verses of chapter 11 are really like a description of faith's effects. They're what, you know, what faith does for us. And then the whole rest of the chapter that we will get on to in future weeks are really like biographies. They're like stories of all the famous people. But the writer of Hebrews, we're not quite sure who it was, but the writer of Hebrews lays this foundation of just what faith will do for us. And if we want to look today at this chapter in more depth, we'll find some keys in here. Some keys in here uh, to build faith in order to honor Christ once that foundation is laid. So, you know, even if you feel like you've only got a mustard seed faith at present, it's just like this tiny little bit, this tiny seed, then these keys I'm about to share will grow that seed into a towering tree. It's what you do with the little that you've got that God honors. Amen? So you're ready for some keys uh, for growing a strong faith. Number one, the Word of God. Dave's already mentioned it. The Word of God. In Romans 10, 17, we hear that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, it's so, so important that we ground ourselves just every day with some word in our life. You know, just, I feel spiritually naked if I head off from home without a scripture, without having read something or put something over my life in the morning, you know. Monday morning, we had grandchildren staying. We had, you know, stories in bed that Jenny was saying I didn't read with enough enthusiasm. <laughs> but we had the kids come into our bed and we read stories and I got a bit late to work and I started on a bit at the back foot and, and, um, and I had a number of frustrations all day and, and I kind of unloaded on Aaron at one point and just sort of let it out that I was a bit frustrated and had all these things. And, um, you know, it was probably more than a little bit. Aaron was really amazing. He just took it all and, you know, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. Uh, <laughs> but it was because I didn't have any word on my life that morning. I'd just gone out there spiritually naked and headed out without that word of God in my heart. You know, um, sometimes, you know, our mind is a wonder, wonderful thing. And it's a gift from God. And the Bible says that we're to, you know, look after our mind, feed it, write things. And, and yet our mind, as great as it is, can sometimes be our problem. It conflicts with our heart. And if we're living by our minds only, you know, it's not building up that inner mind, inner man, that faith in us. And, um, you know, I believe that, you know, as, as followers of Jesus, we are to take captive every bad thought, sort of round up that thought and take it captive. But once we've done that, we then need to listen to our heart, what God's saying to our heart. And we live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Hebrews 10 says, 
And so praise God for a, a mind, the mind of Christ that we, can, that we can have if we ask for it and if we feed it the right things. But we need to feed our heart the word of God. Number two, take God-ordered risks. In verse 8, we read that Abraham, obeying God's voice, went out, not knowing where he was going. Whoa. All that he had was a promise of an inheritance. You see, we need to remember that Abraham had no Bible, no human teacher, no Ten Commandments yet, he just heard the voice of the Lord, and he went. Now that sounds like fun to a lot of people. Whoa, adventure, party time, let's go. But we need to remember that um, we've, we've read the end of the story, we've read the book, <laughs> and we know what happened, but as he s took his wife and his servants out there, and his, and his cattle and whatever else he took, he did he didn't have any assurance that he'd get there. He had to find water for them and food for them every day in this desert place. And um, in the searing heat every day, he took his whole caravan across the desert. No map, no GPS, no takeaways and no guarantees. And to head into the wilderness in Palestine unprepared was really suicide, or at the very best, or at the very least, madness in the natural. If God didn't come through, you died. So what's your wilderness today? Where are you crossing over? Because you've listened to God, and it seems scary, and you're not sure if you're going to have enough food, and you're going to have enough water to get there. What's in your heart to do? that you know is a real stretch, but you can see it with spiritual eyes. If you could achieve it in your own strength, then your vision is too small. And that's why we need high-risk faith at times. Many years ago, early 90s, there was a little cupboard under a stairway in a building in Sydney. And on the door it said, Hillsong Music International. The whole of the Hillsong worship ministry fitted in one cupboard, but they had the faith to put on their international. That was the vision. They were going global with this. And... You know, as we now know, the rest is history. The Hillsong music is everywhere. Concerts all around the world. Um, we know someone in Holland who went to a, to a um, Hillsong United concert in Amsterdam, one of the most liberal cities on the earth. You know, it's in Kiev, Russia, all around the Pacific, um, in the Middle East even. That's Hillsong music today because someone had the vision that was bigger than them and that if God didn't come through, it just would have been high embarrassment. And that's really about the worst we get in our culture, isn't it? 
if we fail is embarrassment. But in many parts of the world today, if you live by faith, you die. You say you belong to Jesus. It could cost you your life. So don't shrink back, as uh, Hebrews 10 says. Live by faith. Take high risks. Number three, the third way to grow this Hebrews 11 kind of faith is to decide to never turn back again. I didn't know Jenny had that clip for this morning. She chose that. No turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus. And I'd written this point three before that. So let's never turn back. Let's decide we're not going to turn back. When Jenny and I were engaged, we, we spent time with a minister. And I, I clearly remember in getting ready to be, to be wed, he said on one of the three or four nights we, we spent there, he said, just decide, just decide, this marriage is going to last. He said, just, just decide, you're not going to give up. And as many times we could have. But we've decided we're not going to give up. I spent time with my sister in a hospital bed just a week or two ago. And, um, and we said, it's just amazing all that you've done for your husband, Morris. And now here you are needing his help. And she said, well, that's what I promised to do 54 years ago. Isn't that cool? She decided she was never going to give up serving him. So never give up. Never, never, never give up, Winston Churchill. This is what I call unwavering or unshakable faith. You see, we build grit into our life by daring to embrace setbacks with a quiet determination. Embrace setbacks with quiet determination. Write that down. Embrace setbacks with quiet determination. James 1-2 says, Consider it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials. Decide ahead of time. You've got to do it ahead of time. That you will commit and not withhold worship during difficult times and seasons of your life. We honour God by bringing him our first fruit. Not the leftovers, you know. Oh, I'll give him a go. That's our leftovers, isn't it? I'll, I'll see how I go. I'll get there if I can. That's our leftovers, eh? Let's decide he comes first. Worship is important. Let's get to worship. You know, make it a priority. I had um, a young couple say to me, yeah, we've sort of... Haven't been to church for quite a few months, really, because it's right when the baby sleeps. And I thought, well, babies can sleep at church. <laughs> I know they don't sleep as well. <laughs> but what's important? You set the tone. Your kids, they become part of you and your family. They'll, they'll lead. Um, they'll follow what you lead. Another young guy came to me and said, and, and not so young guy actually, um, but had sort of grown up kids, and he said, um, yeah, I asked my wife, why don't we go to church anymore? And I thought, hey, aren't you the spiritual head of the home, bro? <laughs> I 
Uh, you set the standard, and I think she'll come along and the kids. God loves it when people make a stand and then back it up with some gritty commitment, eh? Just an aside from all of this, I think sometimes, you know, trouble does, does really pull some people's faith away. I remember bringing a, a van load of very excited teenagers home from an a October onslaught camp in Rotorua. We'd had an amazing weekend, big, big name speakers, lots of worship and, and good times. Anyway, we came back and there was just this buzz in the van and... And it was great. We got home, and an hour later we had a phone call from one of them saying their best friend had been killed in a car accident at Tikofita. And my heart sank, and I thought, mm, that's an enemy thing, you know, just when everything's going great, just pull the rug, you know, put the boot in. And, um, and I just thought, you know, that can be a real faith killer, eh, when you're just starting out hard times and trouble. In Luke 13, um, verses 1 to 4, there's these little stories, two stories that Jesus hears about. One, he hears about one of them and he tells one of them about the people that have been killed or, you know, been, been hurt. And the people are saying, well, is, is it their fault? And he says, just let that be a reason for you to repent. You know? Don't try and... Uh, Tribute blame and blame or the, the world's going to the pack, you know, and, and blame people. But just say that's just a reason to repent and get right with God. That's all we need to do. Don't analyze it too much. Don't overthink it. You know, there, that's the thing again, isn't it? We sometimes overthink things. We overthink it. We've got to let our heart lead our life. It's all about the baton change, number four, number four key. It's all about the baton change when leaving a legacy of faith. I just want to read verse 39 and 40 of chapter 11. And it says, And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Did you catch that? I'll read that last bit again, that apart from us, they should be made perfect. You see, the all these group, this is an unnamed group in Hebrews 11. After all the guys and, and these ones that have been, been named, there's an unnamed group. I love these guys because they were just as faithful. They paid the ultimate price. They hadn't received the promise yet at the time of writing, and we don't get even told their names. In God's wisdom, they're not named because he knew the list would not be com complete until his return. Every day the list of martyrs is added to. People who give up their life for his cause. You see, these heroes of faith are not named and didn't even live to see the promise, verse 39, but rest assured they will in glory. They're waiting for us 
to run the race in order for them to receive their reward. Whoa. They're waiting for us to run our race, for them to receive their reward. See, God wastes nothing. Even from death comes new life. And we've celebrated today the eternal power of the ultimate act of laying down one's life. These, All these people, crowd, are shouting from the sideline. They're saying, come on. Keep going. They're encouraging us. They're the crowd of great witnesses, or the great crowd of witnesses. And... The first two verses of chapter 12. It's almost like this bad chapter break. Those two verses should be in chapter 11. They could only use their gift of martyrdom once, but their ultimate joy will be to see us going further, going harder, and receiving the prize for what they sowed in the Spirit. They're pulling for us. Because success without a successor is only temporary success. We should be all about legacy, about who's coming on behind us and what we're passing on. The most risky part of any medley race is the baton change. As the American Olympic team found out in the 2008 final of the 400 by 100 meter relay. It was an embarrassing time. The Americans had won it about 16 times out of the 34 Olympic Games. They were the best runners. Each one of them was a superstar in their own right, doing minus 10 second 100 meter races. The team that beat them were no names. Russian guys, we wouldn't even know any of their names. But they got their baton chained right. And the Americans dropped the baton. They hadn't practiced the changeover well enough. Don't drop the baton in the spiritual. Look behind who's following. So if you want to follow in Jesus' footsteps, just winding this up, just about done, the question is... Are we going to please God or man? We cannot please God without faith. We build Hebrews 11 faith by feeding our spirit on the word of God, by high-risk obedience as God directs, not just what we think but what he says, by being unshakable in the storms and by leaving a legacy of endurance. It's not how we begin that counts. It's how we end up. Amen. Ecclesiastes 7 8 says, The end of a matter is better than the beginning. What about us today? Are our eyes fixed on Jesus, standing at the finish line saying, Come on, you can do it. And is our faith in God? Amen. Lord, thank you for your word as. Always, it feeds our soul. We need it washed over our minds and our hearts every day. Lord, help us to consume, consume it, devour it, just love it, Lord. 
may your word touch our heart today. As we think about our walk with you and what you've got for us, Lord, we just pray, we would say, come on to others. Encourage others, Lord, and see who's behind looking at us. And so, Lord, we just uh, repent of things we have done that have, you know, been a bad witness, Lord. Anything that we've done, Lord, we just pray now you'd take that on the cross and ask that you'd lead us, empower us, fill us with your spirit to go on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church.